Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio! To the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. If you're just joining us, this is the X Zone. I am Rob McConnell, and we're just coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV, And you can visit our Exxon Radio website at www.exxonradiotv.com. The web address for the Exxon Broadcast Network is www.xzbn.net. Exonation, my guest this hour is Marshall Masters. He is a former CNN Science Features news producer, freelance writer, television analyst, and the publisher of Yow. Yow's, how do you say that, Marshall? I always screw that up. Yowza.com. But you know, it's just easier to go to MarshallMasters.com. Oh, sure. Now you tell me that. Thanks, pal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. MarshallMasters.com. You know, when I started the site, I had that domain name on the shelf, and I just was. You know, ah, what the heck? I'm not going to spring for something new. All right. For, so, you know, for 19 years, I've been telling people how to pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's stick so, with marshallmasters.com. And uh, since 1999, he has been researching earth changes and Nuburu flyby related topics, including sustainable survival communities, catastrophic crop circles, impact events, and future technologies. Like many others, Marshall sees a dark cloud coming. What makes him different is that he also sees a silver lining, a noble and inspiring Star Trek future. Joining me now 
is Marshall Masters, whose website is www.marshallmasters.com. Marshall, always great having you on the show, my friend. It's a pleasure to be back. Hey, listen, um, tell me about Two Sons in the Sky. Who lives, who dies? Two Sons in the Sky is the latest thing I've put up. It's a three-part audiobook series. I put it up in video as well on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And in Who Lives, Who Dies, I'm really talking to people in awareness. And, you know, they tend to be isolated and they get beat up, so to speak, emotionally because of their interest in what's going to be coming with the Planet X system flyby. And, you know... They've got spoiler spouses who are threatening divorce if they don't stop, you know, researching the topic. And, you know, friends and relatives, co-workers that are going, oh, my God, you're one of them. <laughs> but yeah, when you start, once the blinders come off and you really are looking and seeing what's happening, whoa, you know, you're not going back. You're just not going back. It's like chemtrails, you know. Um, I listened to Dane Wigington, you know, and it's like it's the Dane Wigington beating his head on a wall hour. That's what he should call it, because he's so frustrated that people just not only do they refuse to look at the facts, they just refuse to look up. And, you know, and really what motivated me to do Two Sons in the Sky, particularly were the grandparents in awareness because this is a baby boomer generation thing. 70% of the folks that talk about Planet X are baby boomers. And they've got, and I call them junior grandparents because their grandchildren are still minors. Right. So their children who are going, Mom, Dad, love you. Great. You're wonderful. You talk about this to the grandchildren. I'll cut you off. You'll never see them again. Uh, I can just see somebody going to divorce court and the judge saying, well, why do you two want to, why, why you and the petitioner want a divorce? Well, because he's interested in, in chemtrails and, and Planet X and, and crop circles. And the judge says, and who is it? <laughs> I love that. And. <laughs> oh, hey, Marshall, stand by. We've got to take our first break. Exonation Nation Marshall Masters is our special guest. And his website is www.marshallmasters.com. And we're going to be talking to Marshall more about Two Sons in the Sky, Who Lives, Who Dies. And then we're going to talk to him about signs number 15, the Nemesis Cloud. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. And if you'd like to send me an email, once again, w- oh, no W in email. Thank you, Craig, for sending me the wrong cue. Exxon at exxonradiotv.com. And Marshall and I return on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Marshall Masters is our guest this hour, www.marshallmasters.com. Dot com And uh, before we went to the commercial break, we were talking about Two Sons in the Sky, Who Lives, Who Dies. And um, Planet X, is Planet X still being talked about as much as, as it used to be? Like, I, I remember a time when, you know, there you, you know, you turn on TV and there'd be at least something on about Planet X. But lately, uh, you know, Crop Circles, Planet X, and... and um, and Nibiru seemed to have been replaced by ghost woo-wooism. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's happening. The conversation is being shifted. But on the other hand, you're still seeing a lot of folks on YouTube posting videos where they're catching two suns in the sky. Uh, they're catching second, you know, two or three objects. So it seems to be that there is a general suppression. I mean, I can tell you that on google i've been suppressed very heavily in the search engine rankings so that's the reason why the topic has really gotten quiet is that there is actually an ongoing campaign to silence it why and because we're probably by the end of this year it's going to be rock and roll time and uh, I'm real curious as what's going to happen in this coming eclipse on August 21st because the path of to- you know uh, the path of totality crosses right across the U.S. from Oregon to the Carolinas, mm-hmm. and already you know they're starting to talk about there's going to be a lot of cloud cover. And my guess is that they're, you know, going to fire up the chemtrail jets and harp, and there's going to be a huge effort to obscure a lot of the viewing areas, particularly in large metropolitan areas. But so we don't know what's going to happen. But if all of a sudden, you know, 
after that eclipse, we start seeing a whole bunch of WTF videos on YouTube and Facebook so forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, then the topic's going to come roaring back, and whether they're suppressing it in the search engines or not. And, uh, you know, people, I'm still following it, still researching it, and, yeah, I'm being suppressed. Tell me something I don't know. <laughs> but, you <laughs> it's know... It's the life we chose. All right, so so explain the the... The reason for the suppression. What is so bad that you and other people who are talking about uh, Nibiru, Planet X, and so on, what's, you know, why? Why the suppression? If it's happening, it's happening. It's been happening. So what, what can you do about it? Well, what they really don't want people to know is that we're in a binary star system. That's really the big issue right now. I mean, for a long time, there was just suppression on the um, planet, on the topic of Planet X, and they had eased up a little bit. But, for example, uh, you've heard about this Planet 9 out of Caltech. Yeah. And all of that came because there were actually astronomers in Chile who observed two objects uh, way out in the edge of the system, and one was a super-Earth, several times the size of Earth, but another was theorized to be a very cold brown dwarf star. And that really touched off the alarms. So uh, what happened was these astronomers published superb white papers. I have them on my site at marshallmasters.com and where I have reported on it. And the... The attack on them, on their personal reputations by Pluto Killer Brown uh, with the Washington Post, which is Bezos, and they smeared these guys. Horrible. They did. The, there was this gal, Sarah Kaplan, who does uh, – she's the one you, – you read her column if you want to find out where the best place in town is to buy a bagel. She doesn't do science, so I call her Bagel Babe, you know? So Pluto Killer and Bagel Babe getting up on these poor schmoes from Chile. I mean, just the what they said was horrible. And then, of course, there was all of the machinations in the background. Mm -hmm. They hit them with both barrels. And these guys actually had to withdraw their white papers, not at the speed of science, but at the speed of politics. Wow. And so that after they created all of that vacuum, uh, you got to fill it again or the, you're not going to be in control of the spin. You want to have the story control. So that was the reason why they pulled this Planet Nine nonsense off the shelf, which has been under attack by astronomers since they put it up. And you know, this was not something that was went through a real strict review process. Frankly, I think, you know, some some graduate wrote a paper on it and they dusted it off and said, here, let's use this. Boom, Planet Nine. And they put it out there. So, you know, now you have in Arizona, they're saying we think we have discovered Planet 10, but is it really Planet Nine? And all of this confusion. But they don't want us to know 
that we're in a binary star system, which really goes to the heart of my article, uh, signs number 15, the nemesis cloud. And we have been observing the fireball trends for a few years now and uh, been reporting on it consistently. Uh, we're on our 15th signs article, and we literally started talking about fireballs from the get-go. Right. Uh, and the trend on fireballs right after December 21, 2012, just went ballistic straight up. The highest peak year was 2016. 2017 is just a shade under, but it's still much higher than, with the exception of 2016, it's still higher than anything previous to that. Now, we're not interested in meteors. What we're looking for are fireballs. That's the bigger stuff, because that tells us that, you know, the planet X system, that's what we're really talking about. It's a brown dwarf star, nemesis mm -hmm. at its core, and it's got its own mini constellation of planets and moons. Well, we're going, we finally, we're going, are we looking at rings or are we looking at a cloud? That has been the question in our mind for about a year and a half. And so we've really come to the conclusion that there's a cloud. Now, our solar system has the Oort cloud. It's just a big ball of icy objects way out there. And then inside that is the Kuiper ring or the Kuiper belt. So hence the term belts and clouds. Well, there's no reason why uh, a brown dwarf star wouldn't have the same things, that it wouldn't have its own cloud as well, except it would be much finer and smaller. So if you think of a bow wave on a ship, you got a large container ship mm -hmm. they're coming through. And I mean, these things are massive, and sometimes they come into port with dead humpback whales, you know, that have been smashed and scooped up on top of the bow. And that bow effect is not going to push aside a humpback whale, but it will push aside a dolphin. All right. And... We're looking at this and going, well, if we have these increased fireballs, all right, particularly with multi-state varieties and uh, where they're, you know, this stuff is streaking across the sky and being reported by observers in multiple states, sometimes even across an international border, and then what we call large events, which are 100 or more observation reports, and there's a sharp increase in that since the Mayan calendar date of December 21, 2012, which goes to our contention that the Mayans were saying, hey, that's not a disaster date. That's a harbinger date. After that, you know, start looking for things to happen. And sure enough, they were right. Um, you know, for example, we track the total number of earthquakes. Mm -hmm. We don't go by magnitude specifically because... When was the last time you heard about an earthquake USGS did not downgrade? They're always jiggering the numbers. So we just took it as a whole thing. And like right now, I'm sure you're talking about it with other folks, all of the swarms that are happening at Yellowstone. Yes, definitely. And that's really getting to be a concern. The um, So we see with earthquakes of all magnitudes – we see the same thing that we see with fireballs directly after December 21, 2012. Boom, they both start skyrocketing on the numbers. And 
So in signs number 15, the nemesis cloud, you know, this is pretty much just a straight science piece that I have presented and where I'm talking about nemesis, talking about how we come across the cloud, what we feel about it, and what the uh, consequences of this cloud are going to be. And interestingly enough, over the years, I, I've always treated the Bible as just a wisdom reference text. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't put a religious connotation to it. And when we started looking at what happens during the pole shift and then what happens in the last major event was when we fly through the tail of the Planet X system. And, you know, when you go to Genesis 1 and the King James Version, Genesis 1-7, and God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament of the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. In other words, above and below the lithosphere, the shell of the planet. Well, science has validated that. It has said, yes. There's huge underground oceans, massive, huge underground oceans. So this is something where with Noah's flood, it could have very well have been the waters coming up from these under, underground oceans that created the deluge. However, then you get to the point of saying, that's one thing. How are you going to explain 40 days and 40 nights? And the thing about it is that science is always debunking the Bible and saying there's simply not enough surface water to create a global deluge of 40 right. days and 40 nights. Yeah. Well, that assumes if the only source of the water is terrestrial. But if Nemesis, and what I'm maintaining in this article, is that if Nemesis has its own nemesis cloud. It's going to have a, a large spherical ball of small icy particles around it. What happens is when we fly through that, we're bombarded by all these icy particles, which evaporate in the atmosphere, and then condense back into water, and voila! That would be more than enough to create 40 days and 40 nights. Stand by. We've got to take our news break. Fascinating stuff. Exxon Nation. Marshall Masters is our guest. And um, if you'd like to find out more about Marshall, be prepared to spend a lot of time on his website at www.marshallmasters.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. We're talking about signs, number 15, the Nemesis Cloud, and much more. Planet X. Are you a skeptic or are you a believer? Send me an email. Tell me your thoughts. Exxon at com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Exonation Marshall Masters is our guest this hour, www.marshallmasters.com. Marshall, we were talking about the flood that was uh, written about in the Bible, Noah, his family, the animals two by two, uh, 40, raining for 40 days, 40 nights. And I'm sure everybody listening has heard that, that account uh, either in Sunday school or at school or on popular radio being discussed. Mm-hmm. How, when it comes to when it comes to that story, how much do we take as truth, and how much do we take as parable? Well, it's there's allegory, and allegory is important uh, when we're talking about this coming flyby of mm-hmm. the Planet X system. It's going to be a worst case scenario. Uh, the last flyby was Exodus. That was a best case scenario, and uh, another other two flybys were the sinking of Atlantis mm-hmm. and Noah's flood, the Deluge account, which there's something like 150 different versions of the Deluge account worldwide. And the important thing about allegory is that you have to take something and move it across a vast span of time thousands of years and if they had talked about noah's flood in say combining the two events Mm -hmm. exodus plus the flood and all of the various things that are going on which is exactly what we're facing now that would have been overwhelming and people just you know, that would have seemed like a fairy tale to people who hadn't lived through it or hadn't been a few generations removed for it. So the power of allegory is that it can take that knowledge and transport it across time. And for us, when we look at that, we have to understand that this is wisdom. This is a gift of wisdom. And there's more and more, as I look at the Bible as a wisdom text, mm-hmm. uh, there's more and more about it that really does address uh, what we're talking about with Planet X and the coming flyby. So would you say yeah. that the yeah. part of the Bible that, that would apply to Planet X is is the is the book of Revelation? Yeah, you're going to have, and it, of course it gets into interpretation, but you know, yeah. and that's one of the things that's difficult, because, for example... In the Colburn Bible, which is a straight wisdom text, that that was published initially as a great book by the Egyptians after Exodus, and it was their 9-11 report. It was like, how did these feisty Jews whoop our tukas? And they were trying to figure out actually how to get, because they felt that the the god of the the Hebrews was actually a second-tier god, and they wanted to get to the first-tier god. Now, the interesting thing about this is that both 
the Egyptians and the Hebrews use exactly the same word to describe Nibiru or Planet X, whatever we want to call it today. They called it the destroyer. Well, didn't the wasn't wasn't it also wasn't it also called wormwood? Wormwood comes later in, uh, I believe that's Revelation. Mm -hmm. But this is when you're going to the old account of Exodus. Yeah. Um, particularly in the Colburn Bible, and this was originally written in, yeah. This was written in the same days, uh, approximately as when the Torah, the five books of Moses, were being written. And and it was cobbled together with the Celtic texts and by Celtic priests up in Great Britain and was maintained by a secret society for some time. The interesting thing about the ancient Egyptian accounts is that uh, their story of the deluge, which is their lead characters are not Noah, but Sisuda and Hanok, the interesting thing is the story of Sasuda and Hanok and the story of Noah mm -hmm. and the flood, uh, they're describing the same vessel. And they're describing it in more detail than what you see in Genesis. And the interesting thing about it is that we know it was a pole ship because it's widely held that you know, the ark was built on the side of a hill, not in a harbor. And if you have a huge mile-high wave that's piling in from a pole shift event, then it is going to, as it's crossing land, it's going to lose velocity and power until it finally ebbs. And so the way it is written, particularly in the uh, Colburn Bible variant, mm -hmm. you know, the waters are ebbing just beneath the keel of the ark, lifting it off its chocks and pulling it back out to sea. So, you know, there is this also in deluge accounts, there's always a stranger or a divine being or an entity that is warning the ark builders to do this. That is a consistent thread with all of these different deluge accounts, which tends to go to the notion of extraterrestrial intervention. And given the placement of the ark, where it would be, where the waters would ebb, then, you know, that would tend to, the reasoning would tend to go in support of that, or you could argue in support of that. And this is the reason why, and we get back to why did Pluto Killer and Bagel Babe, the Washington <laughs> Post... I love jabbing her because <laughs> what she did was she was, you know, she had her chance to go play with the big boys, didn't know what she was talking about. And she was like a parrot, you know, Polly want planet X. And <laughs> <laughs> this woman had no right writing that article, which was just disgusting. But, um, yeah, now this thing is, you know, the blowback. Uh, the viciousness with which they attack these astronomers who are doing really good science. Well, it's something if that just left a bitter taste in the, uh, you know, astronomical for for astronomers. It was a real bitter taste event. Let me ask you this, though, Marshall. If how come there were not other astronomers who agreed with what the two astronomers in South America said? 
I'm sure there's enough uh, amateur they astronomers. They never had a chance. Really? That was the reason why these guys published the white paper. They said, we observed these things. Hey, guys, swing your scopes in this direction. Let's all go look for it together. And, you know, if we just had a one-trick pony, then let's we'll pull our papers. And so what they were doing with their white papers, it was a call to action. It was, hey, as a community, let's go investigate this. Yeah. And so they were doing good science. Pluto Killer and Bagel Babe, plus the background machinations, killed that because the last thing they want people to realize is that we're in a binary system. We could be in a trinary system for all that matters. I mean, this is – think about Copernicus, okay? But it didn't work out too well for him. But with all the people in the world, how would this affect us? You know, if, it's a, if it is a binary system – what is well, the if, what what is the big problem if we've been existing in this binary system since the beginning of our recorded time in history big deal so what does this or is this a matter of science having a black eye well i would say it's good science getting a black eye and by vested interests and the reason why they're not going to want people to understand that we would be in a binary star system is that that changes the whole complexity of the situation. If it's just a planet, mm -hmm. all right, well, everybody sees the planet. They could call it a comet or a new kind of a comet or a new kind of an object. But if it was just a planet, given the, the orbit that it's in, of course, they could say, folks, don't worry about it. Not going to hit us. It's going to pass overhead. It'll just be an interesting light show. That's all. And if it was just a planet, you know, pretty much it would be an interesting light show. The problem is when you've got a brown dwarf that's got 0.08% the mass of the sun following behind it, mm. that's when we're in deep kimchi because now – you have a sun that's interacting with another sun. Now, this is the reason for the chemtrailing. Uh, you know, in the 90s, I was doing business in Russia, and I would fly over in December, come back in January, taking the polar route on Aeroflot. And I saw the poles melting. You know, as a matter of fact, we got the Larson shelf that's ready to break, break off, and it'll be the size of Connecticut. So... You know, they're telling us there's no such thing as global warming. No, I, I saw it with my eyes in the 90s. I saw the Arctic Pole, uh, you know, literally year by year uh, going from something beautiful, white and pristine mm -hmm. to something that looked like a busted windshield in a wrecking yard. And so the reason for that is solar luminosity. Now, in 2004... When we originally published our article on global warming, which we said was the principal cause, was solar luminosity. And we based it on the fact that we looked at all the other planets in our solar system that have an atmosphere. And they were having the same things going on with their, you know, those atmospheres as we were having with ours. Now, that's how we determined it. Max Planck Institute, all right, very prestigious science institute in Europe, 
they actually went, did a real intensive analysis of the sun. And they said, in 2004, global warming is the result of increased solar luminosity. In other words, the sun's getting brighter. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they're chemtrailing is because the sun is getting brighter. So they're putting chemtrail spray up in the atmosphere and it's a witch's brew of chemicals. There's a lot of things in there, but the main constituent is aluminum. And they're using the aluminum to reflect the light back out into space. And so, that, I mean, that explains chemtrail while they're doing it. Are they doing chemtrails for our benefit? Frankly, no, because the chemtrails with the desiccants and everything else are pushing us towards a biosphere implosion. So why are they doing it if it's not good for us? They're Because they're thinking of themselves. The people who are doing this, they're the 1% of the 1%. They've got their underground bunkers. They're two miles underground, all right? When they return to the surface, what they want to find is a biosphere and an atmosphere that can still regenerate and recover, that our planet doesn't turn into a Venus or a Mars, all right? And so the chemtrailing is their long game. They don't care who lives or dies. What they want is a viable biosphere and an atmosphere once the tribulation has passed. And so with luminosity increasing, it is on a steady increase, uh, and particularly once Nemesis reaches perihelion with our sun, its closest distance to the sun is it then is going to be passing overhead. Um, the chemtrailing is going to increase exponentially. All right, they're going to be fighting like crazy to salvage. Not the they don't care. Marshall, I hate to do this, buddy, but I've got to take this hard break. We'll be back. Don't okay. go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365.
Marshall Masters is our guest to this hour, Exonation, www.marshallmasters.com. And Marshall, uh, we've been talking about this cataclysmic event that that you believe, based on the research that you've done, the scientific research that you've done, is going to happen. And my question to you is, when? Well, I think that it's going to be a matter of we're seeing we're going to see Nibiru, which is the outermost planet of the Planet X system. And that is going to right now we're just because it's behind the sun, you can only see it around sunrise or sunset. I think once it reaches its perihelion point to our sun, not its own sun, mm-hmm. and then we're going to start seeing it in the sky and the conversation is going to change. Nemesis is going to follow behind for, I don't know, a year, year and a half. It takes a while for it to get there, although it's going to be in its part of the orbit where Kepler tells us it's pedal to the metal time. And so what we're going to hear is uh, that it is just an interesting light show, and they're they're going to have all kinds of woo-woo explanations about it. However, I think the one prophecy that is really interesting is the Kachina, uh, the red Kachina, blue Kachina prophecy of the Hopi. And what I believe that the Hopi are describing is not two objects. I think that what they're describing is one object and Doppler shift effect. Uh, You have blue shift. As the object is closing on you, it appears blue. And once it's going away from you, the light waves stretch out, it appears red. And so it's going to be coming overhead. And from what I can really guess at this point, uh, Nibiru, which is the outermost major planet of that Planet X system, when it's directly overhead, over our heads and we're looking at it, then that is going to be the beginning of the really bad times. But it won't be until Nemesis arcs over on top of our solar system, reaches the plane of our system, the ecliptic, heading south again. And when it does that, that's when we have the days of darkness, the pole shift, and that's when the major dieback is going to happen. So that is the reason why you're going to have a situation where there is a lot of suppression when it comes to even anything remotely smacks of us being in a binary system because it's not so much Nibiru that's the thing to worry about. It's the brown dwarf that is the companion to our star. That is the thing to worry about. And so they don't want people thinking about that. Um, This is a eugenics event. They want to have a maximum die-off and so that there's not that many people left who survive, and it's easier than to re-enslave the planet, which is what their goal is. My goal is we have a Star Trek future. We say no to being re-enslaved. You know, that's it. We're going off, and we're going to have our enlightenment and our evolution and our ascension. Thank you. And yeah, they're not going to like that, and it'll be punishment, but enough people are going to make the choice to do that. So that's the reason why there is so much suppression, actually on 
two things if you're in mainstream science, two things you do not talk about. Uh, the first one is the possibility of life on and sentient life on another planet in our system in any way, shape, or form. And I think in 1992, when U.S. Naval Observatory Chief Astronomer Harrington gave an interview to Zachariah Sitchin, he clearly believed that there was a possibility that that could happen. And I think that's the reason why he was assassinated. So that's a taboo. And the other taboo is you don't talk about the possibility of us being in a binary system, which is what the guys in Chile did, because they speculated that one of the objects they observed could be possibly a very cold, in other words, a very old brown dwarf star. And so that's the reason for all the suppression. That's the reason why they're doing it now. What are we seeing people reporting these days? We're seeing a lot of multiple objects around the sun. Uh, actually, the number of uh, observation videos on YouTube is, um, I've never seen anything like it. You know, I've been, I remember last time I was on, you, you told me I was one of the tent poles. And, uh, you know, I thought about that for a while. <laughs> it's like, how come I? That's why I hear the guys with the axes, and uh, <laughs> but you know, I've been in this. My first article was in two thousand two, and so I have. And when it comes to image analysis, I'm generally regarded as the go-to guy. I always get all kinds of stuff. Well, I have never seen so many observations that are coming in, and. When I do my analysis, I do gamma testing on them and other things, and they really stand up. I've never seen as many before. But then again, I've never seen the level of media suppression that I'm seeing right now. And, uh, you know, it used to be you could go on Google and Google Planet X and mm -hmm. you'd see a bunch of my stuff, Nancy Leader and, and some other things. No. You know, all of a sudden now... <laughs> You're what, getting other things. But what does Google say? Have you asked the people at Google why? Well, that's like Helen Keller talking to herself, you know. I understand. Uh, she used to do that behind <laughs> the scenes. Huh? Yeah, she used to do that behind the curtain. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, it's it's pointless. What are they going to do? They're going to – immediate denial. That's all they're going to do, immediate denial. And they've got to play ball. I mean, there are folks that are pulling the strings here that have some serious, serious clout. So the fact that my channel is still up on YouTube, I just go, I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know? But, but um, with, all the, with all the distrust today within the media and within the government and where you've got the American politicians pointing at Russia and Russia saying, well, no, we didn't do that, and, and so on and so forth. We've got the problems with North Korea. We've got the problems with China. We've got problems all over this world. If this suppressed information was to hit mainstream media in a country not friendly to the United States, wouldn't that be disastrous on the political scene? Well, it would be disastrous for that country, I can tell you that. 
Um, there are, you know, there's some simple taboo topics. There are things that nobody talks about. I mean, when was the last time somebody was on your show and said, you know, Rob, I was flying on Delta the other day and the pilot came on and says, if you would all look out the right side of the aircraft, you'll see this UFO that has been tracking us for the last 300 miles. You know, I wish <laughs> I wish too. you're not pilots understand if they talk about what they see and they see, you know, next thing they know, it's welcome to the exciting world of fast food. They're not flying anymore. Hmm. They're, you know, they're, they're managing a, a Wendy's or something. And so there is, uh, there is a tremendous amount of suppression and people are just, you know, when you can have the power to control the dialogue, you can do. And I, I see that now. It almost is. I, sometimes it just kind of, when people introduce me and say, and he's former CNN science feature producer, and I just kind of like get white knuckled because the CNN that I knew in the '80s was a lean, mean news machine. It was an honor to be there. And I agree with Larry King. I think they ought to start running cartoons now to up their ratings. Yeah, they're number 13. Uh, pardon? They're number 13 now. Number 13. Gee, yeah. who'd have thunk it, you know? Funny thing is, is if you're overseas, the CNN you see overseas is much better than the CNN that we get here. That's because it's CNN International, and what we see here is the domestic. And it looks like CNN Domestic has taken on tabloid journalism yeah yeah it's just total yellow journalism and they don't do investigative reporting they used that's to really, they used to yeah. when i was there yeah investigative reporting that's that's because that's what i was doing i was doing three minute science features that would air on sundays and uh but there was also there were 50 major news outlets at the time that they had to compete with. So you had to go out there and really get the stories. And, you know, you had to come across with integrity. You needed to be able to get the respect of the viewers because there were all kinds of other folks they could look at. But right now, ever since uh, W, all right, the last Bush administration, George W. Bush, the immediate thing he wanted to do was destroy the fourth estate. And he did that very successfully. He went into the FCC, and there were a whole body of laws going back and rulings going back to 1941 that prevented the, the concentration of media into the hands of a few companies. And so he brought in uh, Colin Powell's son, who started the conversation, which everybody hated him for. And then there was another Bush appointee that delivered the fatal blow. Uh, which is the reason why you see guys like Clear Channel Communications. They own 1,200 radio stations. Yeah, listen, I hate to do this, my friend, but you and I have run out of time. Let's get back together really soon and continue Absolutely. this conversation. And, Marshall, thank you so much for everything you do. Keep the great work up, my friend, and I look forward to the next time we meet back here in the X-Zone. Until then, gosh, have a super day. You too. We'll be back on the other side of this news break, X-Zone Nation, at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour. Don't go away. <laughs> 